Today, you get to listen to me. That's the first thing. Um, but um, I also just, I, it came to mind, it's something I wanted to share. Um, a lot of you know that uh, I've been sick for the past week uh, pretty well. And um, I don't know, news travels fast around the church. A lot of people are saying, hey, I heard you weren't feeling well. Don't know if it was in a prayer chain email or something, but I'll keep in mind, news travels fast around the church. Uh, thanks for all your prayers. I'm doing, obviously, a lot better. So was Jess and River. We were all sick at the same time. That's horrible. Don't do that. If you can help it and you have a family, don't all get sick at the same time. Just quarantine people, whatever you got to do, because that was horrible. Um, but we're doing a lot better, and we're so excited. We missed out on a few things. We had some plans with friends and, and whatnot. I feel like every time we have a holiday season or some downtime, we end up finding ourselves getting sick. Um, for whatever reason, you've probably been there too. That's just the way we are and, and whatnot. But uh, I, I missed a few things. One thing I missed that was a big bummer is that yesterday, one of my youth uh, that I pastored in Manitowoc, and no, I didn't sneeze, that's a place, um, Manitowoc, uh, they got married on Saturday, yesterday which is really, really cool, and I feel weird about that because I'm a little old, but that's okay. Um, I'll probably, you know, you're probably thinking, no, you're not. But it's just an interesting new step to see that the people I pastored and worked with, uh, they're being, getting married and finding the, the one that God has uh, chosen for them, and it's just so cool to see that they're pursuing their lives. It got me thinking about a lot of things. Um, one thing it got me thinking of is a game that we used to play, um, when we were in youth and we got to do this as an icebreaker. We would do icebreaker games to get to know each other, right? So uh, it was a good way for people to start to mingle and talk. And if I had my way, I'd make you guys do a few of those in the service. That way new people felt super uncomfortable. And um, yeah, you can't say that you have your own pew. I'd just make you all switch in the middle of the service. All that fun stuff. I'd love doing that. I won't do that, though. Uh, but icebreakers are super cool. One that we used to do was called Two Truths and a Lie. I know behind me it says Three Truths and a Lie, and I'll get to that. And we used to do Two Truths and a Lie. Now, the way the game works is you walk up, and you would say three things about yourself. Maybe you played this before. Three things about yourself. Two of them are true, and one of them is a lie. Now, you don't tell them what the lie is. The people would then guess which one wasn't true. And that was always a lot of fun. You could always tell who had a great sense of humor. Um, but at the same time, you know, you also find those who are really good liars. And that's, that's great for leadership to know. So it's a good game. There was had two reasons to play that game. Uh, but that was two truths and a lie. And I started thinking about things, and, and as I was preparing this sermon and writing it, I, I really started thinking about, yeah, you, you know, um, uh, this wonderful lady's now getting married. We used to play this fun game together, and it was a blast as a youth group. And I started thinking about the things that we know to be fully, completely, and amazing true about God. And there's lies that we believe about God and ourselves. And I wanted to maybe work on a couple of these or a few of these together with you today. Now, I, I could pick so many things to talk about truths about God, you know, like Scripture is full of truths regarding God and all that he has uh, done for us. But I'm going to hone in on three of them. So I have three truths in a lie, okay? Uh, 
let's start simple. We're going to start with the first truth. You ready, folks? First truth is this, that God saves. And the first scripture we're going to read, because scripture declares it, is John 3, 16. Many of you don't need to turn there, but you can if you have a Bible or an app with you. There's a lot of scripture in this sermon. I chose one main slide, and I'm going, and if you want to write them down, I will say them clearly. But there's just a lot of scripture to prove God's truth, amen? So that's why it's here. I like expository sermons. Normally I like to work through a specific passage, but this was laid on my heart, so there you have it. God saves. Truth number one. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. God saves. Acts 2.21 says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So scripture declares it. We sing about it, that God saves. Uh, songs like Mighty to Save, that's a little on the nose. Um, Blessed Assurance, Amazing Grace of which we sang today. Our songs and our scripture, God saves. And in case you are the type to think that Jesus is taking a little too long in coming again uh, for his church, I want you to note and remember 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. See, Jesus is patiently waiting and seeking relationship for your lost loved ones. So when we want the Lord to come right now, rapture us, take us to heaven, clean the earth, let's do this. Remember, his heart is still for your friends, your family, your children that don't know him, and he's longing to see them in that spiritual family with you. How cool is that? People will say to me, oh, you're a Christian, you believe that the Lord Jesus is coming. Well, why hasn't he come yet? That's the best answer. He's waiting for you. So, I don't know. <laughs> Add whatever suffix you want. He's waiting for you. That's amazing. I could stay there, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> 1 Timothy 2, chapters three and, or verses 3 and 4 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He truly has a heart for our lost loved ones. I don't think the believers among us would debate this truth that God saves. Right? 
I know there's a mix of believers and those that don't fully believe or understand yet, and they're here and they want to learn more, and before they commit to this understanding of being a Christian, that's fine. Um, So for the believers among us, I really don't think it's a big debate. We get it, Uh, because after all, he saved us. So we know that God saves. Evidence is through the, the proof among Christians. I have a typo. I wrote the roof among Christians. And I looked at that and I said, no, that makes no sense. (laughs) Evidence is in the proof, not the roof among Christians. I'm going to now give you your second truth. You ready? So now I could have did the whole two truths and a lie thing where I just say them and you have to pick it out. I'm not going to do that. This is a little obvious. So the second truth, we know number one, God saves. Number two, and we're getting a little trickier because some believe and some don't in this. Number two, God heals God heals. Again, Scripture declares it. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Psalm 30, verse 2. Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And to further understand that, Isaiah 53.5, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and punished that brought us peace uh, was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. It's not just scripture that talks about this. Jesus lived it. He lived the very will of God Almighty and his healings were all around him. Matthew 9, I could could read a lot of these. I'm going to read one. Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages uh, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing Every disease and sickness. It says every. It doesn't say he said, be healed and walk away and some found healing. It does say every. So when I understand that Jesus is fulfilling the perfect will of God, then yeah, the perfect will of God is he heals. Our God heals. So I heard a lot of amens. Raise your hand if you have a testimony of healing. I'm not going to have you share it. We'll be here forever. If you have a testimony of healing in your life. I knew, and I don't know all of you, I knew that there would be hands, many hands in this room, and there is. Because truth, our God heals. He does. The miracles found in Scripture, and especially in the book of Acts, are real and relevant for today. We are not serving a different God from then, and we are not following a different Jesus. Nothing has changed with God Almighty, but we've changed. We do. 
I talked earlier today about barriers that come up, whether that's from the enemy or just our own minds running rampant and doing our own things. And we can forget because we are blessed in this country. We are blessed with so many things that we can forget and we can ignore the fact that we have a healing God that saves and does great, miraculous things in our lives. We can just forget. Isn't that funny? I know people that have the testimony that they've been miraculously healed and they don't serve the Lord anymore. How do you forget that? That's got to be an enemy distraction. Never forget your testimony of whatever it is. What brought you to Christ, what healed you, a moment where you sensed him close, where he spoke to you clearly. Never forget these things. This, this is for you. This carries you through. On those dark times, those quiet times, you wonder why Israel was so a mess. 400 years of silence. Pastor Brent preached about this not long ago. 400 years of silence, and there were people... Not everyone, because some people forgot. But there were people that when they heard God, they knew it was him. And it's been 400 years of silence. Don't know how long the silence has been in your life. I'm positive it's not been 400 years. See some gray hairs, but not that bad. Positive it's not been 400 years. Remember what God has done in your life. My mom would say, count your blessings. Name them one by one. I'm a worship pastor. I'm supposed to sing during my sermons, right? But remember, signs, wonders, and miracles were promised to follow the message of Christ. Hebrews 2, 3, the first part, and 4, or the second part, rather. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. People talk about signs, wonders, and miracles all the time. I want to kind of help you understand why they follow the preaching of the gospel. And in case you don't know what gospel means, it's not a music style, though it kind of is. Um, gospel is the, the truth, the news that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and came to restore relationship with you and God Almighty and to eradicate the punishment of sin. That message, the reason why we're all here, that's called the gospel. Anyway, why signs, wonders, and miracles? Let's talk about them. One is a sign. What's a sign? A sign is something that points to something. There's road signs, there's arrows, all these things. A sign is simply something that points. Okay? And any sign used to prove the gospel would obviously point to Jesus as the Son of God and the only way for your salvation. This is why defining these is important, because there's a lot of false prophets out there. There's a lot of people preaching prosperity gospels and word of faith movements and name it and claim it stuff. I know you've heard it and maybe you've read some of it and, you, and whatnot. And there's all of these messages that are just so confusing 
You don't know if you can trust the, the person on the other side of the pulpit. And you're like, what is this? Well, here's a great understanding. The message of the gospel has signs, and the sign points directly to Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the only person who can redeem your sin. What's a wonder? A wonder is honestly thought-provoking. Wonder what that means. It's a wonder. Wonder gets you thinking. God uses wonders to bring people into the thought process of considering the belief of Christ. I used to teach a lot about this, and I don't have the time, but changing what you believe is quick, but it's hard. Okay? So changing what you believe is an instant when it happens. But doing it is very, very difficult because what you believe is in your core, right? First, you need to start considering it. Things need to happen for you to understand that maybe this is true, right? There's all these moments and things that lead up to, yes, okay, undoubtedly, I know it is true. The decision to say that it's true, yeah, is a moment. But changing your entire core of being to say, yes, I now believe undoubtedly this is truth. Such as the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died, came to life again, did all the things that he said he did in this scripture. He's not just some history character or like Gandhi or anything like that. That belief is hard. It's a big thing. But wonders, when they occur, they set people on a path to belief. So that's why they follow the gospel. Because when things are preached here in this room and someone senses and feels that there's just something different about this place. They've been in lots of rooms with a bunch of people and they never felt like this before. That's a wonder. And that we would have signs that were pointing to Christ. So what's a miracle? Well, this is easy. Miracles are obvious acts of divine intervention where God shows power to believers and unbelievers alike. The purpose is so it is used as a sign or a wonder. Miracles should be a sign that Jesus Christ is alive and all the other things that I keep repeating. And miracles may just bring wonder that bring people closer to the state of belief. Does that help you understand signs, wonders, and miracles? <coughs> Sounds good. All this to say that our God is a healing God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He will always bring signs, wonders, miracles. He will always bring healing because it's who he is. Maybe we've changed, but he sure has not. Ready for truth number three? We did number one, God saves. Number two, God heals. Number three, I like this one. I like them all, but I like this one. God has a plan. Scriptures declare it. Many people know this one, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. 
Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and my eye will be upon you. More than that, we know that God is going to partner with us to see that our future is fulfilled according to his desires in our lives. I love this. Philippians 1, verses 5 and 6. Because of our partnership in the gospel, from the first day until now, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. For those that are thinking that you have wrecked your divine destiny or are living far outside God's will and that you can't find your way back, remember this. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You... I'm not even looking at anybody because I mean all of you. We don't have a plural for you in English um, like French do. Um, that's why where I come from, everybody says yous. Love yous. Thanks. Just the way it was in the north. Anyway, yous. <laughs> yous have a purpose. You are called according to God's purpose. So many people look at this verse and they say, oh, God does everything good. This is all oh, for those called to his purpose. Oh, guess that's not me. Yes, it is. You are called to his purpose. And I, I desire that you would see and know what good is is God will take the junk and the mishaps and the brokenness and the heartache and show you something good. You don't have to believe me. It's in Scripture. It isn't meant for good. The junk and the mishaps and the brokenness and the heartache is not meant for good. It isn't. And it's not God's will that you would go through this stuff. We're in a broken world. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and sin entered the world and everything started to just fall apart, this is what we got. And sickness and disease where your whole family's sick and you can't do anything for a week. All of these things, it's a bummer. It doesn't work. And you're thinking, why? And you have loved ones that you've tried to share Jesus and you don't know if they've came to Christ. And you, you just, you, you go through all of these struggles and you're wondering, how can this be good? Well, God never desired you to feel uh, or go through this stuff, but he will, and he promises to make good from it. It's amazing what he can do. And if you think it's impossible for him to make good from something that you've gone through, remember, we're dealing with a loving creator God. He made the universe and everything in it from nothing. He can make good from your situation. He can. That's the God that we serve. He is not an annihilation God. He doesn't remove things so that they never exist again. He only creates and he loves. He can make good. That's pretty cool. So we got our three truths. God saves. God heals. 
and God has a plan. Here's your lie. God saves, heals, and has a plan, but not for me. That's the lie. A lot of you believe the truths and the lie. A lot of you are like, yeah, God saves. I know he saves. He's great. Maybe he saved me, right? God saves, but not me. I'm unfixable master. God saves, but not my family. They're hopeless. Or God heals, but not me. I'll pray for others, but I deserve this sickness. Or God heals, but I've never seen it. I'm sure it's happening in Africa or somewhere on some crusade or something. God has a plan, but I'm no Billy Graham, so what, what I do doesn't really matter much. Or God has a plan, but I don't think I'll ever figure out what it is. I'm just a leaf in the breeze. God saves, God heals, and God has a plan. And yes, that is for use. Use it once. Might as well use it again. All this stuff is just all lies. See, God has more grace than for, for you and your family than you have sin. God raises the dead after four days when they stinketh, says the King James Version. So how sick is too sick that God can't heal you? Do you stinketh? Don't answer that. Our God made an adopted murderer, the leader of a nation, the drunk a righteous, a slave a prince, a shepherd a king, a fisherman a disciple, and an enemy, not that thing that Nemo lives in, an enemy, an apostle. He made an enemy, an apostle. Whew, hard to say. One more verse, and then what I want to do is I want to actually give you a moment to pray. I want to open up this altar for you, and the directors can come, and I will come, and we want to pray with you. There's a verse that I think will help you in understanding that this lie needs to go away. It's just got to go away. You got to get rid of that lie. Here's the verse. This is one of my favorites. This was told to me when I was a youth by somebody at a conference that I went to. Um, it's never left my heart. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a lot of things that can't separate you from God. And this lie, don't let it separate you from the fact that he saves, the fact that he heals, and that he's got a plan for you. There's a future for you. I just, there's no excuse. The truth 
is obvious, and I know that many of you believe it, just don't add the lie to the mix. Michelle, could you come? And she's going to play just to set an atmosphere of, of worship and reflection. And I want to give you an opportunity to pray. You and your loved ones can be saved. You and your loved ones can be healed. You and your loved ones have a future. And I want you to dedicate that today. And if you would come and you want to spend some time around this altar to pray, we got time for that. If you have to go, then I will close and God bless you as you do so. But I really want you to have time spent just focusing on the fact that you want to eradicate, break, and throw away this lie. Because I know that every single one of you has had this in their mind at some point in your walk. And if you're far and away from that lie and you know it, that's fine. Pray for those around you. Stick around just a little bit if you can. I'm not asking for much. Just asking for the truth to resonate in your heart as we pray. So let me pray, and then I'll invite you to come. Dear Lord, here in this place, we are declaring that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning, you save, you heal, and that you have a plan for us. We are called according to your purpose, and I pray that we find and feel out that purpose by just dedicating ourselves to you and not to any lie that the enemy who is Satan by name, we don't want his influence, or even when our minds run rampant or when we have a friend or a loved one, maybe someone in this room has had their father or mother say to them, you'll never amount to anything and it's stuck in their heart, it's stuck in their head and they don't think God Almighty has a purpose and plan for their lives because of that silly little mishap that never left. Well, we're breaking those barriers in the name of Jesus, and we're declaring that that lie is exactly what it is. Untruth, deception, and that truth would ring free and true in this place in the hearts of your people here, Lord. And I pray that as we seek first the kingdom of God, that you would establish your truth in our lives, that we would be people that walk that walk, that we move forward in that, Lord. God, I pray that we would be people who have an understanding that there is life in you. You save. When we pray for our lost loved ones, we know that you want them more than we ever could. When we pray for healing, we know that you want them healed more than we do, even our own bodies. And God, again, that future, it's yours. It's not ours. It's yours, Lord.